good to be together. I'm glad that we are able to be church together. And I want to welcome you, whether you are joining online or on campus, we are one body in lots of different locations. And uh, my name is John. I'm lead pastor here at Centerpoint. And I want to welcome you if you're new with us. And we are about life-changing connections. That is what we're about. And I hope that you begin to experience that life-changing connection with Christ. And um, I want you to just uh, look around and look down at the feet of somebody sitting near you. If you're by yourself at home, just look down at your own feet for a second. Just look at them. Look at them good and just say, mmm, mmm. Come on, just say, mmm. <laughs> well, or you could try it like this. Just say, mmm, your feet look good. Just try that. Just say it. Your feet look good. Just say it. Somebody is like, I'm not going to lie like that at church. I'm not. <laughs> Listen, I want to tell you that your feet look good. And I'm not talking about uh, your sneakers or your flip-flops or that amazing pedicure that you weren't able to get because it's illegal right now or whatever. I'm talking about, I'm talking about the words of the prophet Isaiah. And I want you to hear the words of the prophet Isaiah, and I want you to know that they apply to you, or at least they can apply to you. And these are the words that I'm talking about from the prophet Isaiah. It says this, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messenger who brings good news, the good news of peace and salvation, the news that the God of Israel reigns. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messenger who brings good news. I think what the prophet was getting at was that to any man or any woman that gets it, how wonderful God is, how full of mercy and love God is, how willing to forgive and save God is, that to any man or woman who gets it, it is beautiful when they bring it. And so I just want to make sure that you and me are on the same page tonight about recognizing that it is amazing how willing God is to love us, forgive us, save us, redeem us, give us the hope of heaven, call us into a new future, give us a, a new birth, allow us to be born again, known by a new name, called a new creation. I mean, I could go on and on, but it's amazing. It's good news, and you've got it. You've got that good news. You've got that good news of knowing every day that you've been forgiven, of knowing that you've got the home in heaven for all eternity. You've got it. You've got the, the good news of salvation, knowing that you wake up every day with the power of God filling you, changing you, lifting you, giving you a future. You've got it. You've got the, the gospel that allows you to know God's never done with me because he's always working through me and accomplishing his purposes and through my life. Come on, say, I've got it. <laughs> You've got it. You've got it. And what I wanted to make sure that you know tonight is that what, what the prophet was getting at is that it's beautiful when you bring it. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. And so my message in a nutshell is just simply this. You've got it, so bring it. You've got it, 
So bring it. I mean, we're in the middle of a series called Tag, You're It. And I know it sounds like I've been kind of harping on it week after week, but that's kind of what you do with a series, right? Because I want to make sure that we drill down deep into this idea that, that God has a plan for this world, but you're a big part of it. Like how this world is going to know his love, his grace, his goodness is sitting right next to you or in the seat that you are on, right? That God's plan for this world includes you and me recognizing that we've got it and then bringing it. And so I want you to embrace this, that you've got it, so you're called to bring it. Um, This scripture that I'm starting out with from Isaiah, the prophet says, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. Someone say good news. I mean, the truth is, you and I wouldn't have to look very far right now to find the opposite of good news. There's a whole lot of bad news. You turn on your computer, you open up your phone, and you get on social media, God have mercy. It's nothing but bad news, it feels like. There's bad news out of Kenosha. There's bad news out of Louisiana. There's bad news out of D.C. There's bad news out of Sacramento, right? It just seems like there's so much bad news. But in the face of that, that's always been part of the reality on planet Earth is the reality of bad news. But God's plan is to counteract the bad news by his people rising up and bringing the good news. You've got it, so bring it. Say it to the person sitting next to you, or if you're alone, go look in the mirror and say, you've got it, so bring it. You've got it, so bring it. You've got it, so bring it. I want you to read these words with me if you can see a screen. If you can't see it, then just sort of mumble along with me, I guess, or or from memory if you know it. But Isaiah 52, 7, say it again. Ready, go. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messenger who brings good news, the good news of peace and salvation, the news that the God of Israel reigns, the good news of peace, the good news of salvation. First and foremost, the good news of peace in the midst of so much strife on every street and division in every district that peace is yet possible. That there is a way that we can have peace in our own spirit. We can have peace despite all of the problems and chaos going on around us in the world. That peace is possible in our inner being. That peace is possible in our families. That peace is possible in our relationships with people despite the fact that there's an election coming up in 90 days. There's peace that is possible with God. That we can live in an experience of God's peace coming our way on a daily basis, lifting us up, carrying us along, melting all of the junk and undoing the knots. Like this is good news that there's peace that's possible and it's good news of salvation. And salvation, there's so many different layers to what this is about, but this good news of salvation is about the fact that that I don't owe for the guilt of my sin, that I don't owe for it, I don't have a bill outstanding for the, the shame or the guilt or what I've done wrong, I could never pay it anyway, and so there's good news of salvation that it's been paid for in full by Jesus and that I am forgiven. The good news of salvation includes the reality that because I'm forgiven, I get to be filled with the Spirit of God and that I'm never alone and that I come to this world from a spirit of victory because it's the Spirit of God living within me. There's 
good news of salvation for every one of us. Good news that because of the salvation available in Jesus, we have power from God flowing into us and through us to rise up in victory and overcoming and bring healing and deliverance and miracles in this world. It's good news of peace and salvation. Come on, say peace and salvation. This is the gift of God to you and me. You've got it, so bring it. Now, I want you to just make that statement a little bit more personal because uh, I let you off the hook a little bit easier because you got to say it as though it was somebody else that this applied to. I told you to say it to the person sitting next to you, but I want you to personalize it and just say it like this. I've got it, I'm going to bring it. Say it. I've got it, I'm going to bring it. Say it again. I've got it. I'm going to bring it. The it we're talking about is the good news of peace and salvation. I've got it. I'm going to bring it. I think this is part of God's plan for each one of us is that we would stand in a place of recognition of just what a treasure we have. That we'd never lose sight of it. That we'd never take it for granted. That we'd never go, oh, yeah, yeah, Jesus, I know, I'm going to heaven, blah, blah. (laughs) But instead that we'd recognize this is the best thing in the whole entire universe, to be known by God, to be crowned in my life by the power of his love and his mercy. And and I've got it, so I'm going to bring it because to keep it just to myself would be selfish. And I don't want to be a stagnated uh, cesspool. I want to be a flowing river. And so I've got it. I'm going to bring it. I want us to take some time to turn in the scriptures to 2 Corinthians. So you can open up the Bible to 2 Corinthians. But while you're turning there, uh, (laughs) there was this thing that was happening at our house a while back. It was about, I don't know, five weeks ago. We had this uh, water feature that just kind of appeared at our house. Gladly it was outside because we've had an indoor water feature that was unintentional a long time ago. You've heard about that if you've been with me. But this one was, it was a suddenly we had an outdoor water feature. Out on the back, up from the top of the roof, there was this little pipe and all of a sudden it just started pouring out water all day long, pouring out water. It was a, you know, a, a drip, but it was a pretty solid drip. It would create a big puddle and made a sound like a waterfall. And, and I went out and I was like, huh, that's interesting. I'm, I wonder if that's normal. Ah, never mind. No big deal. It's just, you know, it's hot. Maybe it's the air conditioner just working hard up there or something. Anyway, uh, after a few weeks that this was going on, I was like, you know, I don't think I ever saw this in any of the previous years. Something doesn't strike me as right about that. So I called a buddy who's uh, part of our church and he's in, in AC Tech and I described what was going on. I said, hey, so there's this pipe. It sticks out of the roof and uh, it's dripping water all day and it's kind of like a, a a, a nonstop stream of water falling from my attic. Is this normal? And he, he kind of chuckled. He's like, ha, ha, no, that's not normal, John. <laughs> so, and then he described what was going on, you know, yeah, the, the AC c- condensation, blah, blah, blah. It's beyond my pay grade. But something about the condensation and the drains, and that's the extra emergency drain that I was witnessing, meaning the other ones were already stopped up. And then he told me how to fix it. He described in detail of what I could do with a shop vac and some duct tape and a drain in the bathroom. And, and I got the shop vac out and the duct tape and went to the drain in the bathroom and took it apart. And it couldn't fix. Like no matter how hard I tried, I, I just couldn't figure it out. I couldn't make it work and, and the, the water feature was still there. And so I hung my head in shame and I called my buddy. I said, Corey, I'm so, I can't do it. I can't. I can't make it happen. He said, don't worry, I'll be there first thing in the morning. And that next morning, I'll tell you what, 
When his truck rolled up on my driveway, it was a thing of joy and delight. I'm talking about how beautiful in the driveway are the truck tires of somebody who actually knows how to fix the something. <laughs> so he came and, and within like 10 minutes, he's like, oh, okay, well, it's done, it's fixed, it's, uh, it's, all, it's all better now. But then he's like, hey, actually, while I'm here, and he got out of the ladder and he's like, have you, have you changed your air, your air filters? More on that in just a little bit. Anyway, what, what I'm getting at is that that I needed, I needed something to happen, and it was beyond me to make it happen. I didn't have what it took to make it happen, but there was somebody who did know how to fix what was broken. And what, what, what I'm aware of is that for every brokenness in the human soul, it is the Lord Jesus who is the one who is able to bring a healing and a mending to every broken part of every heart. And the hearts that are broken around you and me and in you and me need Jesus, need the good news of the gospel, need the good news of peace and salvation that we are called by God to bring. So bring it. You've got it, so bring it. Say it again. I've got it. I'm going to bring it. Say it. I've got it. I'm going to bring it. Bring it. Bring it. Bring that good news. Bring it to somebody who's lonely right now so that they would know that, that they're not alone and that they can have a fellowship, even a friendship with Jesus Christ and be carried along with him and know his presence so that they're not alone. Bring it. Bring it to somebody who's afflicted right now so that that dark demonic thing can get broken off of them so they can be set free. Bring it. Bring it to somebody who's hopeless right now so that that hopelessness can be dislodged and the hope of, of Jesus himself would rise up. Bring it. Bring it. Bring it to somebody who right now is in despair because they don't need to stay that way. They can be lifted up by the power of Jesus. Bring it. Bring it to somebody who is in desperate need of healing right now because Jesus can bring the healing touch. Bring it to somebody who's living through hell right now so that they can know the hope of heaven. Bring it to someone who's sick so they can experience the healing touch that Jesus is able to bring to a human body. Just shout, bring it, right? But, but it's, it's you and me who are gonna bring it. I've got it. I'm going to bring it. I think that's what Jesus' plan was all along. Don't you remember? Matthew 28. All authority has been given to me under heaven. Therefore, go and make disciples. Don't you know this is what Jesus envisioned when he stepped up into that upper room and breathed on the disciples and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. As the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. Don't you know what this is what Jesus had in mind when he said, wait until you are clothed with power from on high in Acts 1. But then once you have that power, you're going to be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. Don't you know that was what the idea was that Jesus had? Somebody say amen. amen. Okay, so uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We'll turn there now. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. A little bit more tag, you're it. So 2 Corinthians uh, is this this book of the New Testament written by the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul, the ultimate, I've got it, I'm going to bring it, guy. And in this part of 2 Corinthians, he is uh, he's writing to a group of believers in a place called Corinth, and he's saying, look, I, I know you might think I'm crazy, and you can think I'm crazy if you want to, but I am going to go everywhere I can and try to persuade people to believe in Jesus, because I know that if they will, they'll experience his goodness. I mean, that's my summary of the, the first section of uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 
He says, you can think I'm crazy if you want to, but I'm going to do all I can to persuade people to believe in, in Jesus. Or you can, uh, you can join me in that. But this is what it says in, in verse 16. I'll jump in there. It says, so we've stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Everybody say ambassadors. Ambassadors. This is one of those places in the scripture where God uses a new identifier for, for his people, for you and me. And in this moment, it's the apostle Paul describing himself and those who he was ministering with as ambassadors. But by extension, it is actually meant to describe any one of us that would sign up for a yes, Jesus kind of a life. That we would say, that's me too. We're ambassadors. That's who we are. That's what our lives are meant to be about. We are ambassadors of Christ. And so I want to just break this down for a few minutes, what it means to be an ambassador. And, and I want to share three facets of what, what it would look like to be an ambassador. And ambassadors are first and foremost people who are willing to go somewhere. If you want to be an ambassador for Christ, first facet of this is be willing to go. Be willing to go. I mean, by definition, that's what ambassadors do. Ambassadors go from one place to another place to represent where they're from over there. I mean, that's what they do. Ambassadors are those who have a willingness to go. And if you and I are going to be ambassadors for Christ, we need to also have a willingness to go. And we might need to fight for it sometimes. We might need to fight for it. What I mean is we, ha we have a, a tendency sometimes to not go that we have to fight through. Because, yeah, going sounds like a good idea until I find that I have another new series with 18 episodes on Hulu. Then I don't want to go, you know? I want to stay and watch. But God's still beckoning you and me to be ambassadors. And the first thing about us as ambassadors is that we've got to continue to say, I'm willing. I'm willing to go. And then to follow it up with some steps. And so I go. I go. But if I go, I'm not doing it out of an obligation. I'm not doing it out of a spirit of have to. I'm not doing it because it's some duty. I'm doing it because I've had an encounter with the power of God that has changed me. And I'm motivated from the inside. Kind of like the prophet Isaiah. In Isaiah, in the beginning of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah talks about having this 
powerful encounter with God where the glory of God filled the temple so much so that people could hardly move. And, and out of that encounter with God, Isaiah ends up hearing the voice of the Lord. Isaiah 6, 8, and God is speaking and saying, who will go for us? Who will we send to this people? And Isaiah speaks because of that encounter and says, here I am, send me. It's what ambassadors do. Ambassadors out of an encounter with God willingly go to represent who God is to people who need to know his goodness. A willingness to go. This is the first mark of any one of us that want to be ambassadors. So I challenge myself and you to be the ones who are willing to go. Go across the street to those neighbors that you've been ignoring. (laughs) Go down the hall to that other classroom where there's that other teacher that you know their name, but you know there's more than just knowing their name that God intends. Go uh, over to that other corner of the job site where there's this uh, whole other trade, but you, you recognize a few of those guys from other job sites and go over and befriend and bring some good news of Jesus. Go, be willing to go uh, to that business meeting and to say, hey, I want to just hang out with you sometime and get somebody's number and take it beyond sheer professionalism, right? Take the opportunities that God gives you to do the going that you can wherever you can. This is what ambassadors do. A second mark of an ambassador is uh, we speak up for the one we represent. That's number two. Speak up for the one you represent. An ambassador is the representative of the authority or the power of where they're from. And they do need to speak up for who they represent. It's not enough to just be there. Sometimes an ambassador needs to say something to reflect the values, to reflect the ideas, to reflect the character of who who they're representing. And this is something that you and I are meant for. We're meant to bring the culture of the kingdom of God into so many different spheres of life. And there are places where you are meant to be on assignment bringing the culture of the kingdom of God because that's what an ambassador would do. And in some ways, you can do this by simply serving. But in some ways, you're going to need to do this by speaking up and making known the name of Jesus and what Jesus can do for those that you are coming in touch with. Uh, Isaiah 12, Isaiah the prophet says, tell the nations what he's done. Open up your mouth and say something about God's goodness and glory. Say something about the one that you represent. Speak up for the one that you represent. Romans chapter 1 verse 14 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of salvation for everyone who believes. But it is something that needs to be spoken. I love St. Francis, and I think it's so cool that somebody uh, said that uh, St. Francis purportedly said, preach the gospel at all times and only when necessary use words. That's a quaint idea, but the scriptures call us to something more than that. The scriptures actually call us to open up our mouths and tell what he has done. Speak his name. Say what he has accomplished through the cross. Declare what the empty grave makes available to somebody. I mean, this is what we're made for. Speaking up for the one that we represent and declaring who he is and what he's done. We're ambassadors. That's what we do. And number three, what ambassadors do is we act like where we're from. As ambassadors, we need to act like where we're from. 
If you believe in Jesus, just say Jesus. Just nice and calmly like that. <laughs> Jesus. You, if you believe in Jesus, you're not really from around here. I mean, this is what the scripture talks about in Philippians 1 verse 20. It says, we are therefore citizens of heaven. Uh, let me get it right. Philippians 3.20, we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. That is a prophetic declaration about you and me if we believe in Jesus. We are citizens of heaven. That's where we're really from. And, and we are meant to act like where we're from. And that means we need to think about the choices we're making and the kinds of decisions we're, we're acting on and whether they are lining up with what God really has for us. Because he's looking for you and me to be ambassadors who would, in fact, act like where we're really from. Bring the culture of heaven. Now, I want to go back to 2 Corinthians 5. It says, For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead. But do you? Do you? I hope we would. We speak for Christ when we plead. Come back to God. Did everybody just say that? Come back to God. I love the way the New Living Translation puts this because it makes it so simple. Come back to God. It's a reflection of the fact that God's original design is reflected in the Garden of Eden where his human beings lived in a perfect relationship with him that was marked by God's own presence and his love and his comfort and his goodness and a fellowship between humans and God. That is what God's original design is for humanity. And so the pleading that we make is come back to that. Come back to God. And another translation would say be reconciled to God. This is what you and I get to announce, that there's a way that that happens. For God, verse 21, made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ. <laughs> you know, I, I was talking to you about the air conditioning issue, and uh, when my, my friend was there, he said, oh, hold on a second. And he got up on a ladder. He said, Sid, have, you, have you changed your air filters? And I, without uh, missing a beat, I said, oh, yeah, I've changed my air filters. And as soon as the, the words escaped my mouth, I was thinking, it was probably about a year and a half, two years ago, but I, 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 I did. I changed my air filters. And so he said, oh, okay, huh. And so he opened up the, the register where the air filters are, and he pulled this thing out. And it was this. It was like the world's dirtiest, grossest, most awful, nasty, clogged air filter you could ever imagine. It was, it was embarrassing. And so he just kind of looked at me from the ladder and said, huh, so you, so you changed your air filters. <laughs> and uh, he was gracious enough to say, uh, it looks like you probably need to step up the frequency. Like you need to change these every two months. But you know what's weird and kind of gross is that I just kind of got used to living with dirty air. And it's embarrassing to admit that, but we just kind of got used to living with uh, cruddy, dusty, dirty air. 
And you know what? In, in, in our human existence, we can get used to just living with and be used to our, our dirty, cruddy sin, you know? And apart from Jesus, people kind of get used to just the dirty cruddiness of sin. But God has a plan for that to be dealt with, for there to be a total change out. Just like my friend came and he took that nasty filter out and put a new one in for me. God has a plan for you and I to experience a total change out and for the issue of the cruddy nastiness of sin to get dealt with. And I want to make sure that we heard this right in verse 21, because it's the gospel. It says, for God made Christ who never sinned to be the sin offering for us so that we could be made right with God. So that we could be made right with God. Say, be made right with God. Say it, be made right with God. This is gospel. Because it doesn't say, so that you can make yourself right with God. Every time I recognize the goodness of God's grace, I just want to thank him. I want to thank him that his gospel is so full of grace that my right standing with God isn't a function of my religious performance or my moral performance. It's a result of what Jesus has done. And so I want to just say to you, the pressure's off. You're, you're able to be right with God based on what Jesus has done. Now listen, of course, I already mentioned, I want to act like where we're from. We want to step up and grow and all of that. But the gospel, the salvation and peace that's available, the good news of that salvation and peace that's available is a result of what has been done already for you. And so I want us to pray that, uh, that for some of us, as believers, that we would once again just be filled with a gratitude for the simple truth of the gospel, that we have been made right with God. Because you know what? Somebody came here today or jumped on online today, and the truth is you, you wish you could hide because you feel a sense of guilt, a sense of shame. By the cross, Jesus has already destroyed that shame you've been made right for all eternity and you get to live in that rightness today so believer I'm calling you back to the gift of the peace and salvation that is the good news and for somebody else well the truth is you're trying to figure out how you can be right with God you can be made right with God through Christ. And what remains is for you to once and for all believe in him and step in the door into his kingdom. So why don't you pray with me for a minute? Let's pray that God would open our eyes, all of us. Pray, God, I thank you for the gospel. I thank you, God, that there is peace and salvation. And I pray right now for every one of us who's a believer, God, would you bring us back to that place where we see the beauty of the gospel, that, that we are made right with God through Christ. I pray, Father, for every one of us who is believers, we could take a deep breath and relax in your goodness again right now in this moment. And so whether you're at home or 
on our church campus, I want you to just take a deep breath and breathe in the goodness of God's grace for a moment. Recognize that you have been made right with God through Christ. You can relax. The pressure's off. Yes, he's still going to always call you to grow more and more, to be like him more and more. Yes. The good news is that you're already made right for all eternity with him. Just, if you're a believer, would you just simply say, God, thank you for doing that for me. Thank you for making me right with you. Thank you, God, for loving me like that. Just thank him for the truth of the, the gospel. Just thank him right now. Thank you, God. Just open your mouth for a second and say, thank you, God, for loving me like that, for the, the beauty and the power of the gospel that I can be made right, that I have been made right with God. And now I pray for somebody else to experience a spiritual awakening. If you're here today and you just don't know where you stand with God and you want to know that you're right with God, the way that you are made right with God is through Christ. And what remains is for you once and for all to say, Jesus, I give you my life. I believe in you. That's where everything begins. And I, I feel like I sense Jesus tonight issuing an invitation. And it's just a simple, come follow me. I want you to come follow me. And you turn to Jesus right now and ask him to forgive you and save you. He'll, he'll do it. And so would you do it right now? If you're saying, I want to be right with God, I just don't know how. This is how. By giving your life to Jesus and asking him to forgive you and save you. If you're here with me today, whether on per, online or in person, and you need Jesus, you want to ask him to forgive you and save you, would you just raise your hand if you're in person or if you're online with us, type into the comments, I want to give my life to Jesus. Right over here, I see you. Thank you. That's great. On my right, thank you. Excellent. Anyone else? I don't want to miss you. Over in the back, way over there, thank you. Anyone else? I don't want to miss you. If that's you, just make it known. You're once and for all saying yes to Jesus, believing in what he has done for you. And those of you who have raised a hand or if you have indicated that in the comments, just pray right now with me. And you talk to God simply and you say, here I am, God. Jesus, I believe in you. It all begins right there. Jesus, I believe in you. And just say it with me. Jesus, I believe in you. And just say it a couple times. Jesus, I believe in you. Forgive me. Forgive my sin and save my life. And do you feel it? Do you feel the burden being lifted from you right now? As he's doing it. He's lifting the burden of, of, of all kinds. He's lifting it off of you. And, and right now, his word to you is forgiven. New creation. Beloved, loved daughter, beloved son. Just receive that from him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, I pray that in this moment we would uh, continue to experience whatever you have for us. And so, Holy Spirit, we're asking for you to move in whatever way you desire to. For the sake of your own name and your glory. Would you just join me right now and just... Pray, just say, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come in this moment. Just ask him, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. As soon as I prayed and said, Holy Spirit, come, I felt a shooting pain in the back left of my neck. And that's not my pain. 
that's your that's somebody else's like you're, you're online or you're on this campus and that's you i just felt it so that i could know about it so i could pray for it but if that's you if you would go ah gosh that's been i've been struggling with that all week all month all year whatever the case might be and you know it and you want god to touch your body and bring healing to your neck if you're on campus right now i want you to raise your hand really high that's you finally saying i need someone to pray for me for healing keep your hand up for a moment because your that was your shooting pain in your neck and you need relief just keep your hand up for a moment because there's about four or five of us if you're joining us online uh whether it's right now or in the future even, you just type it into the comments. That's mine. I need healing in my neck. And I want those of you who are believers to go to somebody with their hand raised right now. If you have faith that God could touch and bring healing, I want you to get up and extend a hand towards them or move towards them and reach towards them. They may not feel comfortable with you laying hands on them because of all the stuff, but you could at least extend your hand in their direction. And Lord, we ask for your healing power to come. We believe that you're able to bring healing and breakthrough. So God, would you do it? Would you bring healing and breakthrough now in this very moment? And so we bind up shooting neck pain in Jesus' name. And whatever the cause of it is, whether it's pinched nerves or vertebrae or discs or something, I don't know the name of, we bind that cause in Jesus' name and we loose the goodness of heaven over these physical bodies a direct representation of divine design, God's original order, manifesting for healing in these physical bodies, in person and online, right now, in Jesus' mighty name. We believe you for your healing touch, God. Thank you, Lord. Once again, would you just simply say, Holy Spirit, come. Just say it, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Uh, right when we said that Holy Spirit come, I, I saw this picture of somebody in a jail cell. And I think what it is about, it's somebody you love who's in jail and, and you're concerned for them. You, you feel a desperate sense of concern for them withering away in jail. And I, I believe that God wants you to, to know that he's going to hear your heart cry and bring his own very presence and help to that person that you, you need to know that God is touching them. And he's doing it now. And so we pray, God, for those that some of us know who are in jail, God, that they would be ministered to and comforted even though they're behind bars. Thank you, Lord, for bringing your touch uh, to those that are uh, in prison. And Jesus, we thank you that you can bring uh, a breakthrough even to someone who's behind bars. Thank you that you will in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want you to stand up together. And as you stand up, I want you to just take in this moment, the goodness of God. Just take in his goodness in this moment. And just while we're standing in God's presence together, just acknowledge how good he is. Think of something good that God has done in your life. And just say out loud, God, thank you. And then fill in the blanks for and say at least one thing. God, thank you for, maybe it's your family, maybe it's your work, maybe it's your physical health. Just say it out loud. There's something God wants to accomplish in you by you 
breaking through with gratitude. So say it out loud. God, thank you for, and just lift your voices. Don't wait for so many prompts from me. I mean, go ahead and just say, God, thank you. Come on, somebody start lifting your voice. God, thank you. Thank you for loving me. God, thank you for pouring out your grace on my life. God, thank you for providing for me. Just let your thanks be heard. Say it out loud. God, thank you for bringing friends into my life who would encourage me. God, thank you for my spouse. God, thank you for what you've done for my son. God, thank you for what you're doing for my daughter. Say it. Somebody say it. God, thank you for helping me to do well the first week of school. God, thank you for giving me a strategy for how to lead this classroom. Say it. God, thank you for bringing me a new opportunity when I needed it. God, thank you. Just say it to him. God, thank you for lifting my spirit. God, thank you for bringing healing to my heart where it's been broken. Just say it. God, thank you for giving me hope when I've been feeling hopeless. God, thank you for the peace that's available to through you. God, thank you for the hope of heaven. Lift your voice and say it. God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your love and mercy and goodness. We praise you together, God. You are good, God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We honor you and we praise you together. Thank you, Lord.